This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Kulays. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we're going to do a quick review on the Copa del Rey elimination, a preview of the Villarreal match, and a quick update on FCB Femini. Before we dive into today's topics, want to talk about our dynamic Patreon community. If you're craving more Barca content, we've got the perfect hub for you, our Patreon community. It's not just a community, it's a virtual pena where your passion for FC Barcelona finds company and conversation. For just five bucks a month, here are some of the perks you will get. Dive into commercial-free episodes of Barca Talk. It's all football, no interruption. Be part of our international WhatsApp group where the Barca chatter never ends. Get insightful post-game match reports and help support the podcast. Hit that link in the show notes and join our virtual pena. Let's get into today's episode right after this brief break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Happy Friday, everyone. Hope everyone is having a good start to the day. Uh, I actually have a long weekend, which is always pretty nice. Again, one of the, the perks of living in Spain is we have a festival today for marketing and since i work at a marketing agency they gave us the day off today so yeah so i'm going to take advantage of a long weekend i have monday off as well so i'm going to be watching the nfc championship and supporting my san francisco 49ers but enough of that we have some barca things to talk about going forward we're going to try to do episodes on friday mostly they're going to be previewing the upcoming match on the weekend and they're going to be a little bit shorter 
but hopefully it'll give you some insight on the opponent and then obviously if there's any kind of news that's coming out of here in Spain but they're going to be a little bit shorter episodes maybe 10 to 15 minutes long on Friday so uh, we're going to try to be doing that um, so yeah and again if you want more Barca chatter I mean our WhatsApp group is always on fire especially on Wednesday night after the match uh, you know again I always uh, talk as if it's a you know therapy for Barca fans sometimes because sometimes you just need a vent let it out and then move on to the next day and I think that's uh, one of the cool aspects about our WhatsApp group all right let's get into the Copa del Rey match so I mean no surprises here right I mean I, I, I know we were all kind of hoping to try to advance but it was going to be a tall task to go to the Samames I mean that crowd was fired up I had uh, one of my old roommates who's Basque uh, texting me, telling me that they were going to kill us and so forth. And I said, yeah, we're not we're not very good this year. And, you know, Athletic Bilbao is always a tough team for us to play. And Valverde had those boys ready to go. I mean, from the from the kickoff. Right. And again, Athletic Bilbao beats Barca four to two, the two goals coming in injury time. And but to me, I, I feel as though we were lucky to get those two goals. Um, obviously, the Lamine Yamal will talk about his performance and his goal in a second, but the Lewandowski ricochet goal, I mean, sure, we'll take it. It's a, <laughs> You'll take anything right now to get back into the match, but, I mean, Athletic Bilbao just, we they looked men against boys is what it looked like, especially the physicality that they were bringing. They were just really focused, and we were not, and that lends us to a trending it's a trend we've been seeing all year, right? It's the early goal. And, I mean, I literally sat on my couch, flipped the laptop. I was opening Twitter, and I just kind of look up, and I'm like, oh, God. And then Athletic Bilbao scores in 30 seconds. And I think, you know, when we've been talking the last couple of weeks about Chavi's coaching and stuff, this, to me, is so telling about a coach in professional sports. When you are seeing a trend and not making any adjustments to this trend, what are we doing? You know, there's been more than six matches where we've let the other team score first, but also score first within the first five minutes. I mean, what is he doing in these talks before the match? I mean, is it being highlighted? I mean, how do you give up a goal in 30 seconds? You know, I'm, I'm just thinking about my whole playing career quote-unquote you know playing in, in school and so forth and I only remember a handful of times I scored maybe under in a minute and it was it was luck you know but the way Athletic Bilbao just came down on our defense and just took it to us in, in 30 seconds was a telling sign of what was going to come for this match because Athletic Athletic Club they dominated this match um, even though we had a bit more possession they clearly were out for blood and the way they were crossing and just creating havoc in our box uh, was something that Valverde definitely uh, pointed out to his team to attack, and, and that's what they did. And it was funny because in our WhatsApp chat, we were talking is like, uh, "Can we bring Valverde back?" I mean, that's what that's what's crazy about this this time right now is, you know, at the moment, you know, I still had uh, my issues with Valverde. I thought he was not charismatic. I thought we needed someone a little bit more spicy uh, for FC Barcelona. And also tactically, I thought he was stubborn. But, you know, now that we have Xavi and we're having other issues, right, like especially like letting the goal score in five minutes or less, 
it's kind of funny how you see Valverde running Athletic Bilbao and they just look like a professional team right now. We are spiraling right now because we don't know what to do with the team. The team is good enough uh, to perform, but tactically, uh, philosophically, we look behind the times right now. And it's really discouraging. It really is because, you know, I've, we've had these talks, you know, Remy's been talking, we, I've been talking with Craig, we've been talking about this idea of philosophy and style and what's sustainable and so forth. And, you know, we are just looking for something to talk about other than just complain about Xavi, right? And again, I'm going to complain about Xavi right now because I think one of the things that we thought that he was going to be able to bring as a coach is the understanding of the philosophy and the evolution of this philosophy. The fact that we don't look hungry for goals is really maddening to me, especially as a, you know, when I played football, that's like one of the things I love watching is really supreme professional attacking football. And yeah, there's moments where we have that, you know, especially with the Laminia Malgal, but to lead up to those points, it's it's really maddening that we're not taking advantage of these counters. And I don't know why Chavi so has this mantra or is scared to let these players play and to exhibit that. You know, it's always about the horizontal pass and the keeping the possession. But man, I mean, how many times do we just look like we don't want to go for goal? And especially in this match, you know, there were you know, especially when they go up one nothing, they're cruising, they're just, you know, playing with us. I mean, how many times did we really have opportunities where we were really hungry for goal and actually trying to go for the game? Again, I, I, it's just frustrating because now it's becoming a secondary watch for me now with Barcelona. I have it on, but I'm not really interested. I'm just not interested because the matches are just boring, right? I mean, we're not showing any life. We don't look like we have speed sometimes. It's just very, it's a very mixed bag of what we're seeing. We do have to give a lot of credit to Athletic Bilbao. Obviously, they did take it to us, you know, especially with the shots, right? I mean, that's, I think, to me, is always a big telling stat, right? I mean, they had close to 30 shots, you know, with seven shots on goal, where we were half of that, you know? And I would say our shots were just completely weak. I mean, you saw as soon as Iñaki Williams comes in, you know, I put in the chat, he comes, he literally landed that day from the Ivory Coast, right? He comes from the AFCON Cup airport to Bilbao Airport, then he goes right to the to the stadium, essentially. And you saw what he did at the beginning. He took a couple shots, right? He skied them, but he was kind of just calibrating himself, right? And we had no answer for the Williams brothers on the on the sidelines. I I really enjoy watching them play. I love seeing their physicality. I wish uh, Inyaki played for Spain. I thought I think that is one of the players that Spain is missing. Um, but yeah, it's athletic. Bilbao, athletic Bilbao was just impressive, and they really just took it to us. And again, with the amount of dangerous occasions they had and shots, our defense was wavering all night long. And I don't know. You know, we can talk about the missed chance for Laminia Mall. I mean, but if we advance, is that still good for us? I don't know. I mean, obviously, yes, from a financial aspect and trying to get for a trophy, I get that. But I just think it, it it's a false sense of who we really are. You know, if we advance through the Copa del Rey on this round uh, when Lamine 
makes that goal in like the 93rd minute and we win, we pull out a victory, sure, we, we make it to the next round. But again, I just think it prolongs the inevitable of being eliminated because this team is just not good enough. It's just not good enough to do anything. And it looks like this season is going to be a trophyless season. I don't think we have the stamina, the mental wherewithal to catch uh, Girona or Real Madrid this year. And it's going to be trophyless. Now, you know, here in Spain, there's a lot of chatter about what Xavi does, but it really comes down to we can't afford a new coach. I really hope we just hold out for the rest of the year and make a decision from that point on, a clear, thoughtful decision on what we're going to do with Xavi going forward. All right, let's talk about some of the things that happened in the match more specifically. So we saw Alejandro Badley get hurt, and I, when he was walking off, I said, that, that looks really serious, and we just got word that he's going to be out for the season. So it's too bad. Um, obviously, this is really bad luck for the youngster. We were looking for bright things for him at the beginning of the year you know we had an over under of assists and goals for him and he did not even come close to achieving those I think he was definitely limited on obviously on the playing time with Xavi having confidence in him playing more games this season but I think it's also good because he can watch from the sidelines to see what is going on and maybe some things that he can take on for the future because he is a bright star for our team he's going to be the left back I think for me I want to see him uh, obviously he's going to bulk up you know he's going to get bigger he's still really young uh, he just needs to know when to be physical and I want him to take more shots but also shots understanding the angle where he's coming from inside the box I think a lot of times he comes inside the box and when he is inside the box and he doesn't have anyone in front he's at a bad angle he can't take a shot so I think it's one of those things like when I watch uh, Carolyn Graham Hansen for the Femini on the wing, she's always aware of what angle she wants to take and how to get there to take the shot off. And so her shots are definitely more dangerous. And I think that's kind of the next evolution I want to see with Balde. It's really unfortunate. It looks like he tore a tendon in his hamstring. I mean, it looked really bad because... When you do tear your, when you do pull pull your hamstring, you're still able to walk pretty normally off the field. But he was in severe pain, so uh, it, it looked like it hurt a lot, and he's going to be sorely missed for sure. All right, let's talk about a couple of the bright spots, and it's it's you know Laminia Mall. This kid is has been playing really really well, really strong in the last couple matches. Obviously, scores the. Uh, what seemed like the game winner at the moment, uh, really nice movement on the top of the box and just a nice hit. I mean, as a as a lefty myself, to hit the ball where it just doesn't spin and it just goes, uh, I almost call it like the Grosso shot from Italy. As a lefty, you just hit that shot, side net, and you just celebrate. And Laminia Mall just had, he had a hell of a game. He was all over the place, creating chances. And, you know, we've talked about it all season. To pin our hopes, our play solely on a 16-year-old is a monumental task. It's an ask more of him uh, at this age. You know, we're asking so much of him at 16, which is, you know, not fair, essentially. We still need to see him develop. He's, he's, he's learning a lot of, like, how, you know, where the passing needs to go, the 1v1s, you see the movement, the crossing, and obviously the goal scoring. So he's the complete package. He's definitely our winger for the future. 
and it's really great to see. And, you know, it's funny because my buddy Brant uh, texted me during the match, and we're going to talk about the next player, uh, Hector Ford, and he just, he just wrote to me, he's like, man, La Masia, such a gem. And, again, we, if it weren't for La Masia, we would be in so, I mean, I can't even think about where we would be. Because these La Masia players have really helped bridge the gap to keep us competing. And they're so good. They're so mature for their age. I mean, think about, and I always bring this up, I just cannot believe how good this youth academy is for Barcelona. You think about any other team to have one or two starters from their youth academy at a young age to come and not only play, but also sparkle is like unheard of. And we have this every year, it seems like. It's pretty incredible. I mean, when you build a team, especially in European football, you are relying heavily on the youth pipeline, right, to make money, to get players. And you dream, you dream of a class to come in, you know, like Manchester United did back in the 90s. You dream of a class to come in, like Barca during the Pep heyday, right? You dream of that type of situation where you get three, four players coming in and playing together for 10 years. But the fact that we're able to continually plug and play these players at 16, 17, 18, and demanding this type of performances is insane. And they keep stepping up. Now, obviously, you know, with Lamini Mall, we've seen throughout the season so far, he's been up and down. And that's, that is to be expected. He is 16 years old. But, man, he had, he had a hell of a game. And, unfortunately, he missed the game winner. And we were talking about the WhatsApp is that everyone that's played has done that same exact shot. Open net, and you've kicked a field goal instead of the goal. You know, it's a lot of pressure on this kid. And, I, and he was, you know, crying at the end of the match, being consoled by Laporta. Okay, I totally understand that. But, man, all the things he did in the match it shouldn't have been on the last play where he screwed up and that's the fate of Barcelona. Like, it's just, it's just not fair. And yeah, he, I mean, again, you watch that play, the way he pressured and then steals the ball, takes it 1v1 and then, you know, hits it, but unfortunately hit it high. Just the whole understanding of the press and what to do. I mean, again, he's 16 years old. It's incredible. It's incredible. He is a bright spot of this season for sure and someone we will be leaning on in the next what five six years at least you know i mean 16 is is just crazy another bright spot of la masia product is hector ford again he comes in to spell alejandro balde again another la masia product he's 17 year old he comes in and not even a dip on play right like that's what's you think about any other sport, right? Like, I, you know, for example, I was watching the uh, my 49ers last weekend, and Green Bay was tearing us apart. They were picking on this cornerback, right, who is the third cornerback. So usually he doesn't play that often. And in, the, in this game, they made him play a lot. And he was exposed. He made a lot of errors and plays. 
like that's what's normally expected, right? Like if you're not good enough player, you're going to make errors. There's going to be a different performance, and we did not see this with this kid. He's 17, comes in, Copa del Rey, in some mess, all that pressure, trying to guard the the flank, and he did a, a an amazing job. He did an amazing job, and again, this kid, you know, just comes in and plugs and plays, plugs and plays, right? And he was maybe he doesn't have the the glitz and the glamour as Balde does on the attacking, but you could definitely tell he is a sound defender. I mean, how many times did he really get beat? He didn't. You know, he was very solid on that side. So, again, uh, the pipeline continues to bring talent, and it's just an impressive feat, as always. So those are basically the highlights that I wanted to highlight. You know, with this match, I don't think there isn't much more we can say. I mean, uh, this idea of Lewandowski, Ferran... Jao Felix, I mean, it's just the same thing over and over again, right? It's it's chances missed, uh, you know, Frankie de Jong losing mental concentration on the second goal. It's like, man, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> like, it's just for all the things that Frankie de Jong does, I mean, he's doing so much. He like he ha- he cannot be the last man defending the the cross like it just can't, and we're so fundamentally flawed. We just are, and Gundogan like I know he's playing out of position, and it's just driving me mad because how is it that we had Gundogan's career year last year? Career year he had in goals and assists and performances. He was one of the main drivers in City's performances last year, right? It was him, Holland, and Rodri. Like, those are the three guys. And Gundogan, man. It's just like Xavi just putting these players in limited roles. It's just, it's so maddening. It's so maddening. We continue to do the same thing. Anyway, that's my rant on the Copa del Rey. My last things, you know, with Xavi's like... We have to keep him. I mean, financially, we can't afford to, to, to fire him. And the other thing I think, too, is the, the Victor Roque situation. I don't understand what's going on with that situation. You know, I feel if you really want to win the Copa del Rey and you f- really feel deep in your, as, as my friend and I always say, deep in your plums, that you really want this victory at the Copa del Rey, don't you just throw every attacker out there? I mean... Vitor Roque, to me, I mean, yeah, use him. Put him out there. Use everyone you got. Empty that bench. But again, he chose Mark Joe instead. Okay, fine. I mean, he said after the match it was because he wanted a more direct approach. That's what Xavi said. He wanted a more direct approach. Is that what we got? I, I, no. One thing I know we're, we're not is direct. <laughs> that is one thing I... As I'm not a betting man, but one thing we are definitely not is our attack is not direct. Okay, it is very indirect. Yeah. So again, Chavi always just mincing words at the end. And I, as I put in the chat, I said if if this guy asks us to forgive him after this match, it's like you're reading the, you're reading the room completely wrong. You know, completely wrong. And he said again. You know, the team wasn't focused enough. And it's like, these are the things a professional coach has to do. 
And when you're not doing them, you're not a good coach. I mean, that's just plain and simple. All right, let's let's get into some other news and notes. Uh, Mark Terstegen has a back to training, um, making progress. Uh, he's training on the field. It looks like he's going to be back pretty soon. Um, but again, he he's expected to come back for the Napoli match. Does it help us? Sure. I mean, I think Iñaki Penny has been fine. Sure. I. Uh, as we've been seeing, sometimes maybe he isn't as the strong in the air, but to me, I think he's been okay. I think it's more of our defense allowing so many counters and mental lapses. Like, for example, do you think Ter Stegen stops that goal in the first half or the first goal against Athletic Bilbao? No. I mean, <laughs> it's it's nothing that uh, we're upgrading from. Uh, there isn't a massive difference between the two keepers so it is nice to have him back obviously but again uh, to what degree i i sure I'm, I'm i'm happy he's he's coming back and that he's recovering well from injury all right so barcelona are playing via real this weekend and as i was searching uh i did get c- quite scared even though via real are sitting 14th right now at 20 points their last five games one win three losses one tie so obviously not not been playing too well since the start of La Liga. But one thing does scare me about this team. And again, uh, every team that we play is knows the playbook against Barcelona. And the head coach or the manager, uh, head coach, sorry about that. Still got football in the mind. And the, the manager of, of Villarreal, Marcelino, knows Barcelona very well. They play a dynamic 4-4-2. And... The two people that scare me are the two top forwards. They complement each other very well. One is big and burly, and the other one is the playmaker. I mean, that's what you dream up of as a 4-4-2, right? You have the one guy posting up and the other one running around like an electron playmaking around that. So the first forward, the playmaker, I would say more, is Gerard Moreno. He has nine goals, two assists. And he is known as a clinical finisher, but more importantly, it's about his vision, his passing, and his ball control. Knowing what we know about Barca's defense, this is going to create some problems for us, for sure, because Moreno is diving in on the left and on the right. He's not a static two forward up there, you know, and so that's going to create some problems for us now. Obviously, Villarreal, as the rest of the team, not playing as well. So, yeah, if we have the possession, we should be able to limit Villarreal's opportunities. We are playing at home, so that's also a bonus. If I would say, if we were playing at the Ceramica, I would say, you know, could be dicey. Could be dicey, but we're playing at home, so that is to our benefit. Again, nine goals to assist, nothing to not. Gerard Moreno. The other player, his counterpart, Alexander Sordeth, I hope I'm saying it right, Norwegian striker, 6'4". Oh, God. He's 6'4", or 1.94 meters for the rest of the world. So this is your classic 4-4-2, baby. You got the the height uh, top player, Sordeth, over there. And obviously, when you're looking at his scouting report, what's the first thing that, that they say? Aerial ability. Of course, 6'4". You should be very good in the air. And... 
he's at seven goals and two assists. So again, the combo of them two is 15, which is pretty good, pretty pretty well balanced so far. Obviously, the rest of the team has been suffering. So when we look at these two forwards, we have the classic hold-up forward with Sorath, who's going to hold up play. He's going to position himself first up there, and Gerard Moreno is going to play off of him. Now, we can expect a lot of crosses, and we will see how Villarreal are on the counters. But again, it doesn't matter what team we're playing. Every team's going to counter us, and they counter well because our defense in transition is not good. Is not good. So we're hoping to get the three points, but again, it's going to be a dogfight. All these matches are going to be a dogfight. You know, we, we are incapable, incapable right now of beating anyone for nothing and having a clean sheet and playing well. The stars have to align for that to happen. Either Villarreal have to, like, lose a man, uh, you know, I don't know, the, moon's, the moon aligns, uh, you know, all these things. It's going to be a difficult match, even though they're sitting 14th. We, we are reeling. We are – I'm just wondering how up they're going to be for this match. That's the other thing. Coming off the Copa del Rey – Loss from Wednesday night, playing Saturday at 6.30 on top of that, which is not ideal. 6.30, again, it's like right, it's right after that siesta time. Local time, 6.30 kickoff at Barcelona. So we'll see if we can get those three points. All right, let's finish the episode with Femini. Again, as Remy said last episode, the team that embodies the true DNA of Barca right now is the Femini. They won the group stage in Champions League last night, beating Eintracht Frankfurt 2-0. Again, this team continues to roll. I'm, I'm, they're still waiting to announce the next coach for next season. I'm curious to see who takes the helm of that. I'm still not understanding why the manager is leaving Femini. I mean, he's going to the States, sure, more money, I get it. But to me... You know, as we talked about in our WhatsApp group about this philosophy about the women's uh, league here in Spain not being competitive and so forth. But again, Rome wasn't built over in one night, right? So the thing is, these football teams are investing more money, which is great, so they can get more players. But it really comes down to the Champions League issue with this. I just think it has more prestige. I think the fact that these well-known Football clubs have women's team now, just just a little bit more, I don't know, class to it as well. It has a name brand as opposed to, let's say, the North American Women's League, which is, you know, like, it's its own thing. It's not attached to any of the MLS teams. They don't really have that much of a backing. I think, again, I'm always say the manager, Jonathan Grimaldi, is going to have a, an awakening, seeing the culture of of football that doesn't exist in the U.S., unfortunately, uh, compared to Spain. And I think it's going to be a really shock, a big shock for him. But, you know, I wish he was staying because I really want him to continue this run. I think he's doing an outstanding job with this team. He understands uh, the rotation, especially, like the substitution patterns with these players. He understands how to use them, start them, sit them, and he just gets maximum performances from the from the team. Especially, for example, I always judge, especially the feminine, when they roll out the youngsters and they still are able to win and look 
menacing. I think that is really something special. And he has them very disciplined. I mean, almost the opposite things that we see with the men's team, you know? They're very disciplined. They're sound defensively. They love scoring. They score a lot of goals. And they're just so smart. Football IQ is off the charts with this team. And they're just a pleasure to watch. So they won the group stage. They're going to be playing this weekend. And they continue to roll and dominate. Again, if you're not watching them, you should definitely check them out. They are available, I think, on DAZN on the app and so forth. So you can find them on YouTube as well. So anyway, that's going to do it for my Friday episode here, riding solo. I hope everyone has a good weekend. Forza Barca and go Niners. Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.